Hi, this is Kev Legs Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat. And there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. I am delighted to say I'm now joined on the phone all the way from America by Donna Herula. Donna, are you well? I'm doing, yes, I'm doing very well. Thanks so much for having me today. Not a problem, not a problem. And you were born in Chicago. Have you lived there all your life? I have lived there all my life, born and raised in uh, kind of the northwest side of Chicago, uh, Portage Park area. Uh, so was music always a big part of your life? You know, I I always loved the blues since I was a little kid. I mean, there was a lot of, um, you know, they started the Chicago Blues Festival when I was, I don't know, 10 or something, like, like pretty young. So there's always been talk about Chicago blues and, and things like that. So, you know, when I was real young, I, I really liked, you know, playing guitar. I, I got into a, like an all-girls rock band in high school, and we played around different areas. You know, so um, I, I've always been a huge music fan. You mentioned the rock band when you were back at school. Is that the kind of thing you were listening to? You know, yeah. I, I mean, I was listening to Eddie Van Halen was one of my favorite. You know, Van Halen, Neil Sean from Journey. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a lot of different guitar players. I was, I loved, you know, Jeff Beck, of course. You know, I really got into Yngwie Malmsteen, too. It was crazy. But I, I, I'm, I'm kind of don't want to admit that, but I, I just love really great guitar players, you know. And then I start, when I got older, I really um, f- became fascinated with slide guitar, like, you know, more like Johnny Winter and, and, and things like that. That's kind of what I didn't really know as much about acoustic blues when I was in Chicago. I mean, a lot, a lot of the music here is very much electrified, so... When I started really having a love for the old blues, it wasn't until later on, and I I really uh, wanted to learn how to play electric slide, and went over to the Old Town School of Folk Music in Chicago, and um, they didn't have at the time a, a good you know uh, electric slide guitar teacher over there, and I couldn't figure out how to play what I wanted to play, so I took an acoustic blues group class and got a really good teacher who taught how to you know robert johnson was like the first day of class right so i really got into the acoustic slide that way even though intentionally i intended to be an electric guitar player so it was kind of interesting how it kind of flip-flopped we mentioned this a couple of times in recent weeks that there's a school of thought at the moment that yes you have electric blues but a lot of people it's become blues rock and the blues yeah. is losing its identity. Do you agree with that? Um, I just think it's branching out. You know, I think more people have gone to the electric route, probably because it's more lucrative. You know, so I can't blame them if you're, they're going to, you know, want to. I mean, I'm doing what I really love. I love acoustic blues. I actually work as a counselor. So I, I have a, a day job where I'm getting money. So I'm ex- able to do exactly what I want to do. So I don't know what I'd say about. As far as if, if it's my personal opinion, I'd say yes. Um, the kind of blues that I really love are more like the Robert Johnson, Sunhouse, Skip James, uh, Fred McDowell. They're more the Mississippi or Hill Country blues, and it, there's less of that. 
but I want to make sure that there's more of that. Because the, the way that I play, you know, I used to be a solo acoustic blues player. Then I was in a duet with my husband. Uh, but then, I don't know, I like combining the sounds of more of the electrified resonator guitar with a full band. So I'm, I'm kind of like, like acoustic blues as more like a band situation where you have a drummer, an upright bass player, and then, you know, adding in, you know, I, I have a band with another guitar player, but one of the things I did was I wanted to add mandolin. And people, when I've been playing out, some people have been confused on why I do that. And I'm like, well, what about Yank Rachel in, in Memphis? And what about the Memphis Jug Bands and all the kind of the roots of the blues? People have, yes, I think when you play more of the rock blues, they're not even aware of the roots. I mean, I have people at some of the festivals I've been to saying, oh, well, they've never, oh, they never heard of mandolin and the blues. I'm like, well, we, we throw in three songs in our set just so people can think and say, hey, what is she, why is she doing this? Well, well, because that's where the blues came from, you know, Mississippi, then, you know, Memphis take. So with the music that I play, I want people to remember the roots and, and question things and enjoy, you know. So I guess that's a long-winded answer for your question. <laughs> <laughs> so when you got turned on to acoustic blues, slide blues, was that a natural progression or did somebody point you in that direction or was it just a eureka moment? Well, what happened was one year when I was at the Chicago Blues Festival, I don't know, I was probably about 19 years old. I went outside of the festival on the street and there were two performers. One was named Steve Arvey and the other one was named Craig Kenning. Craig Kenning was playing a shiny resonator guitar and I'd never seen anything like that before. And they were doing, there's, a, there's an album that they came out with called Pass the Hat. And I got it when I was, you know, watching them as street performers. And I've never seen, I was like, wow, that is such a cool thing. They're playing acoustic blues, and they had a huge crowd around them. And I'm like, what is this? So I kept in the back of my head um, that, boy, that, that shiny resonator, you know, it sounded really good. I wonder, I love guitar. Maybe I could learn how to play that one day. Had no clue how to do it, right? So that was when I was like, I don't know, 19 years old. And then maybe in my 20s, I, I went to, you know, I, like I said, I'm a huge guitar fanatic. So I dragged my husband along to, to Steve Vai concert. The opening band was Eric Sardinas. So I know many people think Eric Sardinas is like this rock, heavy metal guy. But if you really listen to him, you'll hear he plays Robert Nighthawk. He plays Sunhouse and um, uh, Muddy Waters. And he has a country kind of rockabilly songs as well. And when he played Can't Be Satisfied by Muddy Waters, even though Muddy Waters from Chicago, he played it in a slide way that was very, I don't know, electrifying for me, I guess. Uh, so I'd, from that point, I'm like, I need to learn how to play slide guitar. I mean, I've played guitar since I was 10 years old, but that's what really prompted me, those two experiences. And that's when I went, that's the point where I went over to the Old Town School of Folk Music and said, you know, it's time to learn how to do this. And, and then I told you before that, you know, I ended up taking this, this acoustic slide. Like, it was like a level three class. It was like for the experienced guitar players. But I'd, I'd been playing for years before I, I went there. But that's kind of how I, it, it prompted me um, after hearing kind of like a Sardinas do like the Robert Nighthawk, Muddy Waters, uh, Fred McDowell. 
I didn't even know who they were. And I lived in Chicago, and I'm like in the center of the blues, you know. And it, it, it took for me to look at his website and actually go to the library and get interlibrary loans. So that's what I, it was because of public libraries. You know, now I play at a lot of li- libraries in the U.S. because uh, it's just a great, it's a great listening room. So that's, that's one of the things that I like. Not only were you inspired to play slide guitar, from what you're saying, you were also inspired to investigate the history of it as well. Right, right. I, I think because I, with like nothing I've ever heard before, I guess because I was listening to like Stevie Ray Vaughan and all these rock bands, it, it, it seemed kind of raw. It, and the other thing that the words were really good of the more of the old blues, you know, kind of versus the rock blues. I mean, some of the rock blues, it's like, it's kind of cool groove, but the, the words really don't do anything for me. But when you listen to more of the original blues, like Sun House, it just takes you over. I mean, it just goes to your heart. I mean, Fred McDowell, Sun House, Let Death Letter Blues, um, uh, you know, so many of these songs just, you know, even like Jesse May Hemphill, you listen to Hill Country Blues or Mississippi Blues, and if they really talk about real people and it talks about real emotion and things that have happened and really life-changing experiences. We've said before that those early songs, the lyrics of their songs, is almost like a snapshot of that era. Yeah, it's a, sm- a snapshot of their lives. It, it kind of helps you connect with the emotion in their in their lives and knowing what's going on. So that was really important to me. And when I when I was writing the songs for my album, Bang at the Door, you know, I wanted to have... Uh, take care in writing the lyrics and telling the stories, you know, having some humor, you know, not just having heartfelt songs and having a variety of, of different styles and songs that come like well, one song is might be really sad. One song might be really funny. One song is about excitement and the joy of new love. And, this you know, is so, another thing that we've said. If you mention the blues to people, they'll think, oh, mm-hmm. I woke up this morning, my dog was dead. But it's such a broader spectrum than that. It, it can be uplifting. It can be heartfelt. Yeah, and it could be funny, too. I, I know I've been, I, I listen to a lot of like early 20s and 30s blues. I love early Chicago blues, too, like Muddy Waters as well. Like, Robert Nighthawk, he has songs, like, I did a whole, my second album was all Robert Nighthawk tunes, and he has, like, the song Moon is Rising, and it's just um, such a beautiful song, and it's, you know, somebody is really waiting for their spouse or partner to come home, and they, you know, they have drinking problems, you know, and that's like, wow, that's really kind of sad, and then he has songs like Crawlin' Nighthawk, that's, like, really funny, and a little bit of an innuendo, I mean, so... I mean, the blues is not just obviously feeling down and blue. I mean, it's, it's a range of human experience. Yeah. You know, it's what, what we all feel. Like, in, in your life, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have joy and sadness. So, I mean, that, that, that's reflected in the music. And yeah. that's, that's why I love the music because, you know, I really am into learning more about people's relationships with others. I mean, that to me as a per- person is really important just learning more about people in general. I mean, they're fascinating to me. I want to have, you know, good, good, interesting characters in my songs, I think really help. This passion for the history of the music, is that what led you to get involved with the Liz Mandeville album, Clarksdale? 
Well, what happened was I met Liz, even though, again, we're both from Chicago. I met her down in Memphis when I was competing in the International Blues Challenge. She was doing an interview, and she had asked if I could do an interview with her. So we both did an interview. I did an interview with her, with the harmonica player that I was down there with, John Yoakum. Then when John and I, shortly after we kind of ended our uh, duo-ship, and Liz said, oh, well, why don't you play with me? So Liz and I were in a duo for a while. And then the following year, Liz and I went down to the IBC together as a duet, and we played all kinds of shows and festivals together. Yeah, and the thing I really like about Liz is she really had a good sense for songwriting, and I looked up to her kind of like a big sister. How do you write songs kind of in the old tradition, but with a, a kind of a new perspective? I, I, I really, her, 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 her songs many times, I couldn't believe some of the things that she would say. <laughs> in her songs, I would just, my jaw would drop. So she would sing, and I basically didn't sing much when I was with Liz. I basically played the guitar and fly guitar, and she kind of was the front person. So it was fun. It was a great experience. It was great learning from her as well. So was that actually recorded in the South? No, it wasn't It wasn't uh, recorded in the South. It was recorded in Chicago, but um, I think she had some real good connections with uh, some of the people in Clarksdale. We actually were on a video, She's Had Blues, Liz and I, they used some of my guitar playing for this movie that they did called Cheesehead Blues. I think it was about one of the men that worked. There was a store in Clarksdale that's no longer open. I forgot the name of it right now. But um, they did a, a movie that included that. You are a Chicago Blues Hall of Fame inductee. That must have been a massive thrill for you. Yeah, I was actually quite shocked by the whole situation. I had to live up to my my title with this last album. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you find out? Was that were the whispers? Did somebody phone you? Was it an email? It was um, the the man who uh, I, I just got a, a like a Facebook message. So then <laughs> then I went to Buddy Guy's Legends and yeah, Michael Packer. I guess he was the person that actually coordinated the whole thing. I guess he was like the MC or something, and he he's the one that. Facebook messaged me, and I was, like, in shock. Other honours that have come your way, winner of the Best Traditional Blues Album and Best Acoustic Blues Album for Bang at the Door, and the song Bang at the Door won the alternative song at the 2022 International Acoustic Music Awards. Are you having to get a trophy room now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh... I don't know. That was it. Was it been an incredible year last year? Yeah, it was a, it's a great honor to, to. I mean, the thing is, I just when I wrote the album, I wasn't thinking about like anybody else. I was thinking about well, I want to write songs that are heartfelt, you know, and kind of like what you said originally, like going back to want wanting to touch the original blues. Like, how would you say? Like, um, I wanted to take what I believe the blues was. More of a you know more of the traditional slant and and focus on that and I wanted to write songs that I felt was my perspective of the blues. Although around me there's a lot of the rock blues, and, and so like I didn't I, I was like well who knows if people are gonna agree with me that you know 
this is the blues that I love, mm. and this is the blues songs that I want to write. But you know what? Maybe I'm never, never going to. You're not going to get gigs because of this, or maybe I'm not going to make any money out of this. Maybe nobody will play the album. And then what happened within a week of the album being released? I had like Steve Jones from the uh, Chicago Blues Guide saying it was like the best acoustic blues album he heard in over a year. And then I started getting like Living Blues came out like the following week, saying like a lot of really great things. So. I was shocked, actually. I mean, I really did not anticipate a lot of attention at all. I mean, I was, like, working my job, and then there was all this commotion. <laughs> it, was good. It, was very, it was very good. It was very good, but it was surprising to me. But, and I was very happy because I'm like, yes, I knew it. I knew that, for me, there was a missing piece in where the blues was going, I, I suppose. I mean, I, like I said, I, I, I really enjoy rock blues. I, I mean, Johnny Winter, uh, Eric Sardinus, like all these people. But then there was this an aspect with the words and maybe a little bit tipping to the hat more to the tradition that I thought was missing. And apparently other people felt the same way because why was there such a, a big reaction to it? You did the collaboration with Liz and you were mm-hmm. saying how much fun that was. You played with other people as well. Are there any more collaborations in the pipeline? Who knows what the future will bring? I mean, I, right now I'm working with, like, Kenny Smith is our drummer. Mark Edelstein is the upright bass player, and, and Tony Whitrock is the guitar player, mandolin player that I'm playing with now. So you never know. You never I don't know. know. With the promotion for this album, you, you've toured all over the place in the past. Will you be coming over to Europe in the future? You know, I have one group in the U.K. that, they wanted me to do like some workshops and a and a, and a concert. Uh, it's kind of like a nonprofit organization, so I'm I'm in talk talking with them about it possibly this year. I've been booking everything myself, so hopefully maybe this year get a booking agent. I've been trying to contact some of the booking agents in Europe. I really would love to come back. I mean, Switzerland was outstanding, and we had such a warm welcome and and. Uh, review that I I would love to come back. It's just a matter of connecting me to the right people that would like to get me or my trio or my band over. Always the case into the logistics of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Donna, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. I wish you all the best for the future, and hopefully we will see you over here in the UK at some point in the future. Wonderful. Yeah. And my and my website is donnaharula dot com. Just so you know, D O N N A H E R U L A. Thanks, thanks so much for having me. Not a problem. And I hope you enjoyed that little interview there. And there will be more as we record more for the show. And we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. So plenty more to come. And of course, if you want to hear the whole show, there is always listen again. I'll see you next time. Take care.